0: Hey guys, yesterday I had a little rant about breakfast cereals and today I wanna go back to what I was talking about before, which was movement. There's a million things I could say about movement. I could do um, a whole year just on that. But my main reason or my main driving force behind the movements that I do is that i wanted to stop getting injured so you know you can approach movement because you want to get fit because you want to have better muscle definition because you want this benefit or that benefit and those are all fantastic and i'm also going for those but the main thing that i struggled with and that i was trying to achieve through my movement practice was that everything i did I would get injured in some small way. I mean, I wouldn't break my leg, but if I tried to run, I would get sore knees. If I went to a move class, my back would hurt. If I went to jiu I'd feel um, this apprehension about falling, this constant fear of falling, even though th- there wasn't any danger because I was on those mats. But I just, I just had this feeling constantly that my body wasn't working properly in a biomechanical sense and that I was constantly at risk of doing myself an injury and I was and I'm very aware of watching other people move I've gone to lots of classes and seen people do well particularly at CrossFit because everything at CrossFit has to be super fast and super repetitive people doing all sorts of fast and repetitive movements with visibly terrible form and every time they're doing it they're risking a slip disc or a knee going or something going but more importantly than that I mean obviously that's pretty important but in the background to all that every time they're doing those movements with poor form there is sheer there is damage on a micro level it's not a major injury that lands them in hospital but they're still hurting themselves just the way eating breakfast cereals is hurting your gut every time you eat it even though you're not going to know about it for decades and that's what I was looking for I was looking for a way to do the things I wanted to do, which were principally jujitsu and movnat and jumping and running, well that's obviously in movnat. And I wanted to be able to do them and feel safe and feel that by doing them, I was nourishing my body, nourishing my ligaments, muscles, joints, cartilage and bones and growing a better, stronger, more agile body instead of feeling that by doing those things with poor form and with incorrect and inefficient muscle patterns, motor patterns neurologically, that I wasn't... I didn't want to be feeling that I was actually causing harm to myself every time I did those things. And we know this... um, um, happens a lot it, people who walk for health and walking is fantastic for health but it all depends on your walking gait and how dysfunctional it is if it's a little bit dysfunctional then probably the benefits outweigh the any any d- deficits but if your dysfunctionality in your walking gait is beyond a certain threshold then every time you're going for a walk you're getting some benefits and you're getting some damages in, in compensation so the two are compensating it out each other um, and the same with running. I really want to run and I know a lot of people who run and get injuries of all kinds due to their running gait and their running shoes and the style of running that they do. And that's not, that's not a normal thing. If a human being runs, which is what a human being does, there should be an effect on the body that is at, at worst neutral and ideally nutritive to the body. It's not normal to run and get injuries. Something's wrong with the running when that happens. So that was where I was going with all my movement investigations. And the things I've discovered are Because I said I'm doing DNS and I'm doing Feldenkrais and I think those things have rehabilitated me humongously and I'm far better and I'm continuing to improve. But not everyone can access either of those two. There's hardly any DNS trainers in Australia. There are a few Feldenkrais teachers, but the quality is very variable, to be honest. And it's just not everyone's cup of tea, that type of thing. So the thing that was magic for me... Um, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it is so effective and so magical, was to spend time on the floor moving in a certain way. And what I mean by that is moving slowly. Now, why slowly? Because I need the time. I need the time to feel every inch or every millimetre of the movement To sense it, to sense what part of my body is shifting across the floor, where the weight transfer is occurring, to sense whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, to sense what muscles are working, to sense whether there's a quality to the movement Or a lack of quality to the movement. And these are all things that you can't just get on the floor once and do it because they're the type of, this is the type of skill that's required in, for example, being able to drink two glasses of wine and know which one is the Cabernet and which is the. Sauvignon, I know nothing about wine. No, one's white and one's red. But, you know, two wines that look similar and to a wine expert would be clearly distinguishable through taste, but to the average person who hasn't undergone an apprenticeship are uh, not easily distinguishable. The average person might think, well, they do taste different, but I can't really tell which one's a good wine. I can't really tell which one is which type. But you could undergo a training period and find and just learn how to make those distinctions. Well, that's what work on the floor does. It's an apprenticeship. It takes time. It might take weeks. It might take months. It might take years. Depends how high of a level you want to reach. It's a bit like deciding to become a Zen master. You can achieve a certain amount of adequate competence fairly quickly, depending on what type of person you are, how much time you spend on it, what other things you've done in the past that are similar. Um, but the, it's also a never-ending process of refinement and improvement. It doesn't need to be a lengthy, daunting task. It's actually not that difficult. It just requires moving slowly on the floor. Apart from moving slowly, um, attention to the sensations, as I described before, there's no point in moving and be thinking about something else. It doesn't um, it doesn't improve your skill at that at making distinctions. Um, and the other thing is uh, an, imp- an emphasis on curiosity and experimentation and not on achievement. So, not on the end result of the movement, not on how far can I move across the floor, how how far can I move my leg in relation to my other leg, not can I go to the end range that is possible for me. Instead, staying within the comfortable range, not looking at the end range, not caring about where the end range, the maximum amount of movement is, but instead remaining mentally curious. This is an attitude of mind and without it, you're not going to progress. And that is has been the single biggest barrier and obstacle that I've had because every Feldenkrais lesson and every DNS class that I go to, I have to fight myself because I want to achieve whatever it is that I'm being expected to achieve. And that's why in Feldenkrais lessons, they're quite um, vague deliberately so that you don't actually know what the movement is that you're trying to achieve half the time. It's to prevent people from having that achievement disease of I must complete this movement. But of course, the more you do it, the more you can guess what they are trying to achieve. And the more I know what I'm supposed to be achieving, the more I have to battle my desire to achieve it and do it correctly and do it right, which is the enemy of learning. And then the other quality necessary is perseverance because there's absolutely no point in doing it for five minutes once a month. It's something that needs to be done regularly And over a period of time and, well, it just takes time and you got to stick with it. And novelty as well as repetition. So not doing a million times the same movement because then your brain and your nervous system switches off and gets bored and you stop learning the new motor patterns that you need to learn. But at the same time, some repetition because... We're trying to sense here. We're trying to sense how the movement feels. Does it feel smooth and glidy or does it feel rickety and ratchety? So one needs to do a few repetitions to know that, but just not many and too many. And novelty, again, if you do the same Feldenkrais class or the same movement every morning, your nervous system's going to go to sleep and not learn anything new. So you want to put it into new situations and do new movements. Um, And feeling the ground is another really important one. So whenever doing a movement, being super aware of the fact that whatever moves, something has to push into the ground to make it possible. If you lift your arm off, if you're lying on your back and you lift your arm in the air or you lift your leg in the air or you lift your head in the air, some part of you must press into the ground more to make that lifting possible. And even if you're lying on your side, and you're just rolling forward and backward or you're just moving your shoulder up and down, even though you haven't necessarily lifted something, there's still something that presses into the ground to make that possible. And it sounds woo-woo, but it's not. It's neurological. If you take your attention to what is pressing into the ground and making that possible, you are showing your nervous system how movement occurs and you are creating in your nervous system a learning experience Experience, which it will then build upon unconsciously out of your awareness and that's how over time you improve even though mentally cognitively you might have no idea why you're improving or what's going on another thing to look for is the sensation of intra-abdominal pressure and all that means is that if you imagine there's a balloon filled with fluid in your belly which there is um, that's your organs And they stabilise you, they stabilise your spine and they allow the torso to be this stabilising anchor for all movements to occur around. And that is done through correct diaphragmatic breathing, which I'm not gonna go into right now, but that's why that's important. And the sensation of your joints being centrated and a strong structural support. And the way to demonstrate this is put your elbow on a desk or table or surface, make a fist with that same hand. And with your other hand, place the palm of your hand on top of the fist so that there's a T-shape. If you have your um, wrist completely straight, there's a straight line going from your fist all the way down to your elbow. It's one straight line and you press down with the top hand, you'll feel a sense of solidity and strength if you now bend your wrist a little bit in whatever direction you want and you press down with that top hand, you'll feel a sense of weakness. The structure is about to collapse and you have to use a lot of strength to hold it in place. Well, that's the difference between using your skeleton to hold yourself upright versus using your muscles to hold yourself upright against gravity, which is inefficient. And you can use your skeletons. It's perfectly possible for human beings to stand still in one position skeletally and feel virtually no effort and no work for hours on end or to sit because when you're stacked your skeleton is holding yourself is holding you up without you needing to make muscular effort well that's when all your joints are centrated and when you're aligned now, if you're not used to having that sensation, which I'm certainly not and a lot of the people I watch aren't, then that's a sensation you have to look for within everything you do. And again, like the wine, it's going to take you a long time to actually get that sensation and know when you've got it and it'll be fleeting it'll be little glimpses here and there and you'll almost miss it or you will miss it but over time as you persevere and as you continue to look for it you will find it you will know that when you're on your elbows and knees for example there's a way to be on your elbows and knees where everything's sagging and collapsing where your shoulder blades are up by your ears and your chest cavity your your rib cage is dangling down it's not actually in contact with your scapulae at the back and then there's a way to be on your hands and knees where everything is centrated and aligned where your thigh bones and your upper arm bones are vertical and where your shoulder blades are down and wide across the back and all sorts of other things like that where you just feel stronger you feel like you're a strong structure you feel like you're an arch like an architectural structure that can't be um, pressed down upon and collapsed that if someone came and stood on you you'd hold and that's something that takes a long long time to understand on a sensory level but it's so worth it and that is yeah that's that's the that's all the stuff that I got out of my movement practice it's what I was looking for and it's what is teaching me to move with better form with neuromuscular patterning that is efficient and nourishing and builds me as opposed to moving with neuromuscular patterns that break me down and cause me little injuries, little shearing, wearing down type injuries in my everyday life. Even just lifting something off the floor or reaching up to a tall shelf can cause injury. Micro injuries, you don't feel them, you don't know they're happening. And what happens decades later is you got hip replacements and all that shit. So um, that's what I wanted to say about movement today.